Welcome to another episode of the Climbing Hinge Podcast. And this episode is going to be all about the flow of the masculine and the feminine. Or as Carl Jung, a noted psychoanalyst, very famous, would talk about it as the anima and the animus. On this episode of the podcast, what we want to really get into is the flow and the harmonizing of these two forces, these two energies that are within all of us, whether we're male or female, they are within us and they exist. What we want to talk about in this episode of the podcast is how to harmonize them and have mastery over them. Before we get into the content here, just kind of walk through a little story about the sperm and the egg. And then as we walk through it, we'll understand a little bit more what exactly does this have to do with masculine and feminine so the sperm is released and there's about 300 million of them when they're released in an ejaculation the sperm has one thing in mind it is mission oriented it has purpose it has direction structure all it wants to do is find that egg and fertilize it, attach to it, get inside and fertilize the egg. It really doesn't have a, a lot of feeling when it goes about its mission, right? It's forward, move, change directions, uh, outcompete all the other sperm cells to achieve the mission. Once it achieves that mission, then what happens? It's done, <laughs> it's over, mission complete. I would say that that behavior encompasses pure masculinity. It has purpose, direction, it's competitive. It doesn't feel a lot. It doesn't have a lot of empathy for anything else, does it? it? doesn't have a lot of sensing, a lot of love. The egg, on the other hand, is totally different. The egg floats down through the ovaries into the uterus has direct, no, not, not very much self-propelled direction. It floats. It must be found by the sperm. It must be seen. It must be desired. It must feel. And once it's fertilized, well, then what happens? It creates life. It grows. It experiences things. All the things that encompass the feminine. Creation, growth, love, life, sensing, feeling. As a father, once you've completed that mission, not you, but your sperm, and your partner, wife, partner is, is growing a, a baby, fetus, you going about your day and your mission, you feel things and you, you feel the fatherhood, not like the mother. Mother feels a life, a newborn life, inside her, kicking, alive, feeling every ounce of that. It's a much different experience, and it obviously it shapes how mothers and fathers, of course, feel about their children. The reason I talk about this is because the essence of the sperm, it encompasses pure masculine energy. The egg, its nature is pure feminine. 
The feminine must be seen, desired, wanted, in order to have growth and life. Many of the same aspects portray out in both um, men and women, obviously uh, more so some than others. All right, so that's the headway into this podcast. So what we're going to first do is we're going to talk about how Carl Jung, one of the most famous uh, psychoanalysts in history of mankind, talks about the masculine and the feminine and what, those are, what they are and how they, how they work. Then we're going to get into a little bit about hormones and how hormones are impacted by behaviors and how behaviors impact the hormones. It's a circular, closed-loop thing. And so it's really interesting to understand because we want to we understand these so we can have greater um, control over them so that we can have greater balance in the energies within ourselves. Then we're going to talk about just some other exercises we can do to further practice and harmonize both the masculine and the feminine energies within all of us. All right, so let's get into Carl Jung and what he talks about in the anima, in the animus. So Jung says that there are both masculine and feminine traits in both men and women. The anima is the feminine, the animus is the masculine. Both words are derived from a Latin word, anima, which is Latin for bring to life. Jung talks about these things, the anima and the animus, as archetypes. Um, which are inherited primal patterns in the psyche of all of us, which transverse all cultures and geography. Archetypes are of the mind and passed along in our DNA through a process called epigenics. And some familiar archetypes that we all are familiar with are the damsel in distress. So there's, there's some guys that are really drawn to this idea, this archetype. Saving the woman really appeals to him. Other archetypes are the hero, the guide, the sorceress, the good mother. Darkness is an archetype. Darkness represents danger. Why? Because nighttime, many, many, many thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, perhaps he didn't have fire, would be very dangerous and scary. You might have a small group or clan of people go to bed at night, sleep, some predators come in, somebody is missing in the morning. That's terrifying. So just so we understand how archetypes work, all the experiences of everybody who's ever lived before us in the evolutionary trail experience things, darkness, danger, the good mother, anima and animus, and their behaviors and experiences activate uh, a thing called gene expression, which is a process of epigenetics. And as those experiences activate gene expression, they are passed down into our DNA and become traits, instincts, archetypes that live within all of us. If you watch movies and listen to stories, archetypes come alive in myths, stories, dreams, and experiences, right? And you, all the movies follow this familiar uh, storyline tale. Inciting incident, uh, the person must overcome obstacles to achieve the mission. That's an archetypal story. Jung also talks about how opposition underlies all psychic energy. 
the polarity, the opposition between anima and animus, the polarity which creates attraction. It is inherent principle of human nature. There is no energy without this tension of opposites. Now, anima and animus are opposites, yet they complement each other. They are such that they are the yin and the yang, the anima and the animus. They flow within each other. The yin and the yang, the feminine, nourishes the masculine. It is typical for one to have a superior or an inferior function in the psyche regarding the anima and animus. When one opposite in the psyche is repressed, the repressive one will tune into its opposite. So if you think about that, if a man or a woman is repressing one of their traits, feminine or masculine, it'll then tune into its opposite. Repression creates inner conflict. And so you, I, I've seen this so many times where people are repressing one of these things or they're uncomfortable with things such as empathy or vulnerability and it creates greater conflict within them. The goal is to reconcile these opposites and hold a balance between them. Again, feminine and masculine are not what we are not the traits we have, but effects of the way of particular things we do. And that's according to Cameron. As we said before, very much like the yin and the yang. The yin is the feminine, the yang is the masculine. The feminine nourishes the masculine energy. So we wanna harmonize these things. As a quick note, if whenever I hear somebody talking about things such as alpha male and betas, I always take note of it because a lot of times the people that are saying those things, I notice they have great insecurities about themselves, about being vulnerable. They got to be tough. They got to be, they got to be alphas. And I would argue if you have a very, very inflammatory viewpoint of alpha and beta behaviors and such that you want to be an alpha, it will hinder your ability to have a relationship because empathy, sensing and feeling and love come from the feminine side, right? So what we wanna do is learn to harness and balance these things in, in, in a symphony, if you will. From the ancient Indian Shakti, they talk about this as well. The internal feminine is all that is vulnerable and impregnable within us, all that is fertile. Our inner garden represents growth, creation, nurturing, and feeling. So if you want to have, be creative, you want to be resourceful, you have to tap into the feminine energy. If you want to have feeling and empathy, tap into the feminine energy. They also say the eternal masculine is all that is invulnerable, impregnable within us. All that is structure and firm, our inner strengths, direction, purpose, competitive, much like the sperm we talked about, right? Our full potential as individuals is an almagon of these forces, a balancing of these sacred energies. All right, so um, that's a little bit of background on how Carl Jung thinks about masculine and feminine energy, the anima and the animus. And so it's not about gender, male and female. It's about behaviors 
things that emanate from us that are masculine and feminine. So let's just go into a little bit more now about um, how behaviors impact hormones. And let's just talk about hormones first. So both within male and females, both male and females have testosterone. Males tend to have a lot more, but women have testosterone. Uh, we have estrogen. Women have estrogen, tend to have a lot more estrogen than men. We have oxytocin, which is more of a neurotransmitter than a hormone. Vasopressin, which is a pair bonding uh, chemical. Serotonin, which provides a sense of serenity, calm, and peace. And dopamine. Both men and women have dopamine, which provides direction and goal-seeking behaviors. So how I behave will enhance these hormones and neurotransmitters in negative or positive ways in terms of how we look at them. But let's just think about them a little bit more. Uh, first and foremost, in the male, the male's hormones are not cycling through these cycles, the menstrual cycle, um, such as in females, right? So it provides for a greater sense inherently of stability in terms of behavior. I don't have my hormones and my reality going up and down. Feminine, the females, in this case, not the feminine, but females, their hormone cycles can vary dramatically throughout the month during their menstrual cycle, of course. And so that alters their reality, so it makes it more difficult um, from a starting point to be more consistent in moods and emotions. They tend to be more fluctuating, of course, but that's only natural. All right, so starting there from a grounding point, let's talk about how different behaviors impact hormones. Let's talk about competitive and competition. So if I view a competition, it increases my testosterone. If I engage in aggressive behavior, it increases my testosterone. If I'm in a competition, it increases testosterone. Winning a competition increases testosterone. Losing a competition decreases testosterone. If I'm protecting my home field and my turf, increases testosterone. If there is a female presence where I'm at, increases testosterone. Let's talk about pair bonds. Two people come together in a pair bond. Short-term pair bonds decrease testosterone. It decreases it. So if I'm in a new relationship, my testosterone will lower. In general, I might be a little less aggressive, a little less risk-seeking. Long-term pair bonds significantly decrease testosterone. So if I'm in a long-term parabon and it's significantly decreasing my testosterone, and we talk about one of the things that happens in relationships is kind of people lose their edge, this can be a reason why. So knowing this, and if you're in a long-term parabon, long-term marriage relationship, you want to understand that and do things to compensate for that so you maintain your edge. A supportive relationship increases oxytocin. Oxytocin is a, a, a bonding, trust, safe molecule that promotes that. Pair bonding increases vasopressin, and vasopressin has been associated with, with two people attaching together. Next, sexual behavior. Observing sexual acts. If a 
watching something, it increases testosterone. Sexual acts increase testosterone. Interaction with a potential mate increases testosterone. Self-stimulation increases oxytocin and prolactin. All right, in the final category of parenting, co-sleeping with a child decreases testosterone. So if you co-sleep with your kids in the same bed, decreases testosterone. Playing with a child increases oxytocin. Well, that's a good thing. Fatherhood tends to decrease testosterone significantly and it increases oxytocin. So again, as we've, we talk about how men specifically in relationships can kind of lose their competitive edge, we can see there are some inherent reasons why, right? I'm parenting, I'm fathering, I'm in a long-term pair bond. All of those things can significantly decrease testosterone so the man tends to lose that competitive edge. His partner is attracted to that competitive edge and then over time, things can kind of disintegrate a little, right? Um, but again, this goes for both men and women. If I'm a woman and I'm engaging in more competitive behavior and my testosterone is increasing, it'll then enhance me being more competitive, right? If I'm a woman and I'm engaging in more tender, softer things, it'll decrease my testosterone, increase my oxytocin, and I will become more nurturing. So you can see how these things happen and flow, right? All right, so uh, as David Data talks about masculine behavior, he says it's seeking the consciousness of nothing. <laughs> we want everything to be over. If I win a competition, it's over. When the sperm cell fertilizes the egg, it's over. All of these things are exactly what David Data talks about. Seeking the end in the consciousness of nothing. Unfortunately, in life, that's not the way it is. There's always something else that will go, except for the sperm cell. It is over. Um, and when David Data talks about feminine energy, he says it's all that's love, life. It has massive energy, but it's directionless. I call it the rotating cycle storm cloud that rotates and grows and creates. Okay, so next thing we want to talk about here is positive masculine energies, negative masculine energies, and positive feminine and negative feminine. All right, so from a positive masculine state standpoint, things that we want to nurture and enhance are our protectiveness, direction, stability, clarity, certainty, all things that have to do with getting the job done, leading, moving forward in a positive way. Negative masculine traits would be excessive violence, control. I want to control my partner. It's not a positive thing. Abuse, abusing my partner, aggression, avoidance. Those are all negative things. So when we're thinking about masculine energies, we want to work and promote positive ones and seek to eliminate negative ones. In terms of positive feminine and negative feminine, positive feminine energies are intuition, sensing, empathy, creation, creativeness, nurturing, love. 
So you can see free would be masculine energy. Loving would be feminine energy. Thus the two harmonize and flow just like yin and yang and just like anima and animus. One of the things I can, I can say is that when working with some people that kind of have a hard time on this topic and kind of reject or initially are resistant to working on aspects of their feminine side is that they tend to struggle more in relationships and view things as a, in a challenging dynamic between the masculine and feminine. And it is, it is, it is a competitive dynamic. It is a, a battle in many ways between the sexes and mating, of course. However, if you lack empathy and understanding and compassion and support, your chances and ability to have a successful relationship are going to be very, 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 very difficult and limited. So I would ask you to embrace this. Thank you. Um, some negative feminine attributes might be a sense of confusion, overwhelmed, um, uncertainty, excessive neediness. Now, within the female, these things are more inherent because of the hormone cycles that they go through and feel. So that's totally understandable. Within the man, these are traits that we should not be looking to hone or, or, or enhance in any ways. What I want to do as a man is, is work to harmonize the positive masculine traits with the positive feminine traits. So as a free, purpose-driven man, I have direction, stability, clarity, certainty. And then from my positive feminine traits, my loving side, I have intuition, sensing, empathy, nurturance, openness, creativity. Now, I can't be the cunning fox without being creative, can I, and resourceful? Nope, can't do it. All right, so those are some more aspects related to that. As a side note, so if I talk to somebody and this person says, well, tell me what you, kind of your three or four things that you do each week. The person says, well, I do, uh, I play football, I lift weights, and I also uh, I have a construction job. And they say, what else do you do? Oh, that's about it. I would say that person is going to have a lot of masculine attributes and behaviors, of course, and it's gonna have a harder time with creativity, being empathetic, having consideration, all those sensing and feeling what's going on. And so what I would tell that person is, let's add some other activities that will enhance your, your, your feminine energy side so we can have a greater harmonization. So I remember one person I was having that conversation, they said, well, if I do that, won't I start speaking or acting too feminine? And the answer is no, because look at the stuff you're already doing, football, construction, <laughs> lifting weights. Now, if you do some feminine activities that are more creative and promote empathy, why would you start speaking in the feminine? No. What I tend to see is what, I, what David Data calls the contorted or the masculine shell. And so in the masculine shell, what you tend to see are somebody that 
has more of the negative masculine traits paired up with the negative feminine traits. And this would be such controlling behavior, impatience, avoidance, along with excessive neediness, wanting to be seen, confusion. That's usually uh, uh, tends to be something that you can see in people. Um, and a lot of that stems from obviously the masculine aggressiveness and then the inability to flow and harmonize with potentially their own feminine energy and female energy. Because the feminine, when you're dealing with your, a woman or a partner, nuance, shadow, indirection, unknowns. <laughs> and so what happens is people get frustrated with that. And they say things like, why doesn't she just text me back and say no? Well, she's not texting you back. That's her way of communicating with you. So you got to remember that. All right, so let's talk about um, masculine and feminine. What are some things I can do to enhance either or? So if I'm unbalanced and I want to get more, a, more positive empathy and feeling and senses and creative energy going, things that I can do are drawing. I can create things, do artwork. I can doodle. Anything that is of a creative sense will enhance my creative ability, right? So I can do all kinds of things like that. I can do some scrapbooks for my kids, wife, partner. It's very, I think that, find that to be a very empathetic and feeling and creative activity. I can practice empathy. We have a podcast all about it. Empathy is a hard thing. I can practice without adding on. My, my partner or somebody tells me something, instead of me telling them what to do, I empathize with them and, and tell them, wow, that's, I can imagine that's been a very hard time for you. Empathy. Practice it. Listen to the podcast. I can do nurturing behaviors. Supportive. Uh, working with kids, animals, things like that. Do some gardening, some gardening activities, press flowers, things like that. So there's an abundance of things that somebody can do to work and harmonize these energies. If I feel that I am needing to add some more masculine energy because perhaps I have two kids and I've been in a long-term marriage and perhaps my testosterone's going down, I'm losing that competitive edge, what are the things I can do? Lifting weights. Lifting heavy weights has been shown to increase testosterone. We just went through a list of whole things, by the way, that increase and decrease testosterone. Fasting increases testosterone and HGH dramatically. I love fasting. Fasting to me is like a pure energy form. I can do growling exercises. <laughs> increases my competitive, aggressive behavior and my testosterone. Increases my confident mindset. Winning a competition increases my testosterone. So I can do that. I can practice as if I'm in a home field and protecting it. Um, all those things plus the things we talked about earlier. We also know that lower testosterone is associated with depression, mood changes, and, and, and more susceptible to stress. So, having healthy levels of testosterone in our body, along with other um, 
hormones and uh, neurotransmitters is a very powerful thing that we all want to tap into. So at the end of the day, what we want to do is harmonize the anima and the animus. As Carl Jung talks about, they exist within all of us. If I have internal conflict about those things and I'm insecure and I, I, I want to be an alpha male and not a doormat, I would suggest focusing only on short-term relationships because your ability to have long-term relationships will be difficult. Free, masculine, loving, feminine energy, anima and the animus, the yin and the yang, our goal is to flow and harmonize. All right. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of the Climbing Hinge Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>